Hey everybody, it's Ken Pooch Van Druten here along with you, along with Chris Raybold. How you doing today, Chris? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah? I'm all right. Quarantining. <laughs> Quarantining, you know? as we do. Uh, I love that behind you there's more props, like there keeps coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on my set. I love Whenever it. we actually do something with the console, I'm going to have to move back to where my actual <laughs> ship sits. <laughs> you but, know what? Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny because I was, um, you know, all of my gear. I own a, an SD7, and my gear is sitting in Detroit. And I'm trying to figure mm. out, like, the minute that they're going to let us out of the house, I'm going to drive to Detroit and drag it back to my house here, so so that maybe I can I do you. some, you know, do some console stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. Hey, before we get started, I just want to real quick, you know, um, the, we hope that you guys are enjoying this whole headphone giveaway thing. We're super stoked about it. Roxanne at uh, Audio Technica hooked us up and just said, you know, listen, hey, let's give you, give you, you know, some headphones to give away, and so we're going to do that every week, and and uh, I think that is uh, is uh, really cool. Um, but along with that, um, it's funny, you know, we talk about like literally, you know, no bullshit. Like Chris and I use M50s. Um, I use, I've used them for years. They're, they are my favorite headphone, um, mainly because, uh, they have kind of a, a low end thing that other headphones don't have. Like their low end to me is like true. Um, I find that if I listen in these phones and then put it, in a PA, it's it's pretty close, um, which is unusual for a pair of headphones. Um, but but anyway, by having them for so many years, um, the ear cushions on them get all messed up. I don't know if you can see that, but like this is my old ear cushion on my um, set of M50s, and this company, Wicked Cushions. Um, makes uh, headphone cushions that you uh, can replace them with. So if you see on my M50s, you can see I got brand new little little black cushions. Um, and uh, so now my my M these this pair of M50s is a new pair of M50s. So anyway, shout out to Wicked Cushions. We appreciate you, um, and uh, we hope you guys are are digging the the headphone giveaway. We'll do that. We'll give one pair a week. Um, you know, away to you guys. So, um, look out for that. Um, well, what do you want to talk about today, Chris? <clears throat> well, we're juggling between a few. Let's do spoiler alert, guys. We do two of these at a time. So it's a back -to -back <laughs> combo. I think they um, know that just because of the shirts that we wear, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Which by the way, I just want to point out that I'm like, you know, because I'm at home and like wearing the same pajama pants for three days in a row, I'm like, um, I guess I should change my shirt so it at least looks like I've changed my shirt. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I need to shave. I actually showered today, so I'm pretty uh, proud of myself. You? All right, good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Great, Chris. Good job. Uh, let's do a business. Let's do the business C one first. Fuck it. Okay, cool. Um, you know so, what I mean? Absolutely. So business yes. stuff. You know, we um, we are really enjoying. By the way, that you guys are commenting on the videos and you're commenting on our social media and kind of giving us a little bit of feedback. We're enjoying that. Um, a couple of people have asked about like handling the business side of this and how how is it 
um, negotiating salary and, you know, those those kind of questions are, are coming up a bunch. Yeah, so I just did a, um, a thing on the Instagram for Rupert Neve where I spoke a little bit about um, salary negotiation and um, I think it's an important thing, right? Like, um, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Like, what do you do when a manager of a band calls you and, and starts talking to you about um, how much money you want to charge? <laughs> it's a hard discussion, right? right? Like, how... Yeah. Give us a little idea, Chris. Like, how how does that go for you? How does that conversation happen for you? Yeah, that... And you're right. It is... It's no fun. It's mission critical. You got pretty much one shot or one series of shots within that shot to get it right. And then you're locked into that for a while. Yeah. So you got to really wade ever so carefully because two things. One, you don't want to end up essentially with a resentment towards your client, whoever is representing that client, your client in that conversation. And you don't want to end up pissed at yourself either where you sold yourself short or you stood up a little too tall and acted like an ass and, and you know, you've kind of, so it's a very, very delicate, um, uh, there's, there's a fine line between how it works and screwing yourself. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I think the first part of this is you have to know what you're going to settle for. Right. Yeah. So when you walk into this situation and the manager throws out a number that obviously is way below what you're asking for, um, there's kind of a this weird moment where you have to, you know, you have to say, well, listen, you know, I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of this um, or. Um, you know, it's hard. It's like in that Ripper Neve thing I, I spoke about, there's things that like you definitely don't say. You don't say, well, you know, when someone throws out a number at you that's like, you know, really low, um, don't be offensive in that, well, you know, that's ridiculous. You know, that, yeah. you know, if you then start. Everyone's on their heels from the jump. Totally. And by the way, the number one thing that you should know in any sort of salary negotiation with anybody is that they don't want to be there either. Um, no. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, in my mind, I always go, well, this guy is, has the leg up. He knows what he wants to, you know, but he's like, I don't want to fucking discuss this either. This is not something that I'm really interested in talking about. I want to get out of this as fast as I can. Um, totally. So I always give them some sort of out, you know, um, usually I say uh, in a first interaction with the manager, I almost never agree to anything. Um, I almost always say like, Hey man, can I think about it for a couple of days or let me get back to you tomorrow. Let me think about this. Um, and then what that allows me to do is get away from the situation. Let him get away from the situation, him or her, uh, away from the situation. Um, it takes the tension out of the, the mm -hmm. moment, um, mm -hmm. and allows me to counter with an email, which I find is usually better received. Like the guy who's calling me or the girl that's calling me, a manager that's calling me and, and having that discussion, they usually don't want to have this 
interaction either. And so there's all this awkwardness, you saying, well, I don't know, I was thinking I wanted it to be more of this and, you know, and that kind of situation. By going to email, um, you take all that out of it. Um, and I, I've had some success that way. Have you found that or what's your, like, do you, do you always, when it's that phone call, do you always, is that it? There's one phone call or is there several? <clears throat> no. And, and I'm realizing how deep of a topic this is right now. Um, because, well, first of all, I completely understand why you'd go that route, how you would move to the email because yep. in that initial banter, first of all, I know the calls coming he or she knows the calls being made. So everyone's kind of got their script ready, yet we haven't written the script together. Totally. So you can end up talking all over each other or someone doesn't get, it can get a little squirrely in there, even if it's the most amicable ever of conversations. So I understand following it up, especially in an email when you can be succinct, uh, to the point, you know, firm but polite, you can really box it up really well there. Here is my statement. You know? For sure. Um, what keeps going through my mind and all uh, in my mind through all of this is that it is so situation dependent, which it's kind of lame to say, well, it depends, but it really does. And so now and maybe what we'll circle back around to, I feel I feel like this conversation as a whole <clears throat> is different between depending on what level you're at. hundred you know? percent. Yeah, absolutely. because you're the, the money numbers are different. Your power uh, is different. The, the budgets or everything is so incredibly different. Um, so it really depends. Nowadays, one thing you'll know if it's an existing client, you, you already, unless there's some new business manager or something, and then let's talk about that, who we're talking to. For me, I've spoken to everyone from business managers, sure. production managers, manager managers, day-to-day -day managers, the artist, yes. the production manager, the tour manager. You know, I mean, that's seven right there off the top of my head. And so, each of them, and let me point out, each of them kind of is you handle in a different kind of a way, right? You do. You do. Because it depends on your, okay, your presentation with this person, if they have the artist ear, and if the artist is the kind of person that keeps track, some of them don't care. They don't know. But a lot of them do. You know, they yep. know what's going on. And, and you don't want something to get back to the artist where, you know, you were a little aggressive or copped an attitude or this or that. Because even if that artist wants you, that will plant somewhere in the back of their head yes. that that was the deal. So um, you mentioned going in. One thing I always make a point of knowing and I'll know the person. I'll be like, because so many times what I don't, I hate the haggle of the negotiation. I hate the, if I say 100, you're going to say 80, and I'm going to say 90. Like, that's like some bullshit dating thing that we both, like, it's like, I'll go in there. And if I know him, if I know him well, I'll be like, look, this is what I feel comfortable with. This yep. is what I'm, this is the number, and this is the number. You know, yeah. if you don't, and then and from there, that's when you could, you can either do things like, and if you're not comfortable with that and you know, it's just not a thing you're, you're able to do on a business level, I respect that, but I just want to be upfront with you. There it is. Or my tone might be different. It's just, it can go so many different ways. So <clears throat> I think it's just kind of knowing who you're dealing with going in. If that makes I think, sense. no, I think absolutely. And that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, m my, Salary negotiation has changed over the years, and the reason it's changed is, um, I think, reputation-wise, um, people come at me now 
having searched for me and now know a little something about me and know people that I've worked for before them um, and kind of have a guess of what my salary range is going to be already, right? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of times um, recently the salary stuff that they're quoting is super close to like what I you know, am expecting, you know, uh, if that makes sense. Um, whereas when I first started, you know, and didn't have a reputation, um, the, what they were coming at me with was usually like a really low number because I didn't have a reputation, you know? Um, and those were the conversations where I had to, um, say, you know, well, listen, I think I'm worth more of this, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it it is a, a harder situation. I actually don't like having a salary negotiation with a business manager. And the reason is that that business manager, his whole goal, his or her whole goal in life is to go be able to go back to the artist and tell them how much money he saved them. Yeah, that's um, that's their win. That's their win. That's, that's their, their win. win. Right. So oftentimes negotiating with a business manager is the worst case scenario. And I know you don't really have a choice in that, but just realize that in your own brain that that's probably going to be the hardest guy to negotiate with, I think. And if I can interject real quick, a couple things. That business manager, maybe their entertainment music business uh, savvy. Yes. Maybe, maybe yes. they've done this with others. But by and large, they don't give a shit who Ken Pooch Van Druden is. A hundred percent. They don't. Some dude they've got to call. You know, they also might not have reference, and this is a this is a tough one. They might not have any reference at all what people make. Right. You know? And even and I was getting ready to say like a PM or someone they're, they're going to have if they work there's so many variables but if they work with other acts in the industry they might have a knowledge of kind of what, roughly where it falls but if they don't and their eggs are only in that basket and of that artist they've never seen anyone make more than more than what they've ever paid so for you to come in and ask see what i mean it can get so it can get really tricky, but you're right. The business manager is the person. Like, they do not care. <laughs> they don't by care. Large who they, are. they don't care. You know, they don't care. And they're the ones that get the win if they're able to go back and say, well, hey, I got your guy for, you know, super cheap. So yep. those, those yep. are the guys. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this. You know, the way that we do this guy, just so you know, is this is totally off the cuff. This is Chris and I having a conversation. We don't plan what we're going to talk about, really. We just start talking. So before this, I I didn't have any sort of conversation with Chris about where this was going to go. Um, but so I don't want to put you in a weird position here, Chris. But I think that the question that a lot of guys want to know is, is so what is the average salary? Like, what do guys make out there? And that is like, to me, the hardest question in the world. And here's, here's the reason that I say that. Number one, there are guys out there right now that are taking gigs for way cheaper than they should. Yeah. Right? Um, and that is 
their prerogative and they can do whatever the hell they want, but you are only hurting the entire industry of independent contractor front of house and monitor engineers. Um, I'm speaking to you guys mostly, the guys that are working for um, you know, sound companies as a system engineer and that kind of thing. That's like negotiating a salary with a, a, a you know, a, a, in a regular position. I'm talking about independent contractors that have to negotiate a salary every single time. Um, by you taking a job for a thousand dollars a week, you are, um, you know, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting us brothers. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, so often. I've thought about this and and said not not that we should unionize but something along those lines in the sense of there should be some sort of range out there that people should be functioning under but the problem is is that when you're talking about a band that's touring around in a van and a U-Haul um, right. versus uh, an arena or a stadium mixer, the 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 vastness of that is, is huge. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to put you on the spot for a number. All good. Sure. But, but speak to that a little bit. Okay. And, and stop me and bring me back in line if I'm going the wrong way with this, because I'm going to try to steer clear of maybe an actual of actual numbers, but... I think this might paint a picture. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you where I think it is the most kind of clear cut. The, some of those band and trailer up through one truck, two truck, three trucks, that's where it's really hard. Yep. Because um, who knows? Like I can tell you right now, a lot of the acts that we work for, our value is based on essentially what the going rate is versus who we are or what our reputation is or what our results have been within that upper tier. But by and large it's it's a pretty there's a pretty defined window in there whatever it is some of these the mega 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 stars out there they will spill that in the dressing room in three days time you know what i mean like it's not they could they could could oftentimes pay someone like you or i five times what we're asking and it would be okay you know what i'm saying totally but uh so uh, I always say just real, just just real quick. I my my yeah. the same thing that I always say to um, to people is that most of the artists that like you and I work for um, could write us a life changing check, like and not even and oh, that would it, be it, like them no going problem. to lunch. You know what I mean? So right. No. So yeah, exactly. keep go keep going. But I'm just yeah. saying, you know, it's like these are yeah. artists that are like you know, oh, totally. They got it. They got it. They absolutely have. It. Yeah. yeah. And so, and again, it goes into who we're negotiating, representing them, and we're both trying to win. And so anyway, um, I'll say this. I feel like I can think of it in my head. There's, let's say for sort of a higher tier engineer, there's a window, I would say of about $2,000 either way. Maybe you kind of know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's, there's a maybe three i just and i know you're like me like I, we have we talk i have peers it's even though talking money is kind of tacky you 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 know what everyone's you kind of know what people are making you know and that's part of how you determine your value is know what the market value is that's a that's right? a really important point so without us talking about exactly how much money 
you guys out there should be communicating with your peers, kind of like what Chris and I mm -hmm. do. If you have a bunch of your friends that are also front of house guys and monitor guys at the same level that you're at, those are the you are the guys that are setting yep. this precedent. You should be having yes. conversations with yourselves, saying, mm -hmm. "Hey, listen, man. You know, I took that last gig for you know. Listen, I know talking about money and telling people what you make um, can get a little bit dodgy. Um, you know, sometimes if you made some sort of deal where you made a bunch of money." Um, you know, and you're, you're talking to a friend of yours and off the cuff, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm making X amount of dollars. And the, you know, there's this long pause, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. you know that you kind of, you know, showed your cards, but, right. but my point is, you know, you should be having kind of con at least conversations about the range of money. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. if nothing else. Um, so sorry. Yeah. I, I've had a, Nope, nope, this is perfect. I had someone, I was just thinking, I had someone email me not too long ago, and they were asking me what that, I don't even know that it was an engineer, I think it was like a tour manager from a, I don't know, these people probably play a thousand seats every night or something yep. like that, and I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know, and I, and I told that guy, I was like, look, I, I mean, we talked some sort of philosophical things about approaches and maybe some of what we're talking about here. But I told him, I'm like, who do you like at your level? Who are your peers? Who do yes. you see at festivals? Who do you see playing at the same game? And who do you like? Who do you think works for a decent organization? And, and I'll tell them, you know, talk to those people. Um, so I think knowing your worth is really, is really important. One thing I wanted to say as well, I mentioned that, again, you and I can reference sort of where we are fortunate enough to be. And there's a again of several thousand dollars either way that are kind of what most guys are making around this thing around at our spot uh in the in the industry so to speak but then you'll hear the stories and the stories are let's say somewhere within that small area that i just mentioned yeah. times two yes and those are often legacy guys that have been with uh you know legacy mixers with legacy acts they've been there for 30 years you know what I mean? Totally. Or it can oftentimes also be the person that works for a very difficult artist and has been fired three times, not necessarily deservingly so, but because the artist is a maniac. Yeah. And then the artist turns around, wants them back, and the guy says, I'm not coming back. So you hear these stories where, I, so, you know, what I'm saying is there's a range, and then there are those outliers or just the bullshitters that have somehow they just have worked themselves into totally. these you know what you know what i'm saying so you got to be careful not because i know i know there's people out there that make some of these insane totals but i know there's oftentimes a backstory with it you know absolutely absolutely yeah um i i really do think that the 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 best course of action is to have discussions with your peers about what you know what is the range Hey, you know, I just got offered such and such a job. You know, that might be a conversation that you might, um, you know, get off the phone, that first phone call that I was talking about. You get off that phone call and then the, the next couple of calls should be to whoever your friends are saying, hey, man, I just got offered, you know, a, a pretty good gig and, you know, it's kind of a step up from what I'm doing. You know, how much how much should I be charging? I don't even know, you know. Um, yep. Because you're doing yourself a an injustice by not 
getting a feel for what the industry is, if that makes a sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because you, what your number for work might be way lower than what the standard of that industry is, um, or, or what the standard of that, uh, you know, the position level position is, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So um, you should always be kind of checking yourself to make sure that you're not, you know, underselling yourself. Um, yeah. I just thought of something. This is yeah. um, this is an aside. That's what we do. This was years ago, not doing the kind of acts that I'm doing now. And uh, because I was also the PM on this thing. It was one of those deals a lot of guys do where you're like the tour manager in the front of house guy, the production manager in the front of house guy. And I was that. And I knew what we paid people because I was part of my job. Um, I also, this is to our point, I just through conversation knew what other people were paying not necessarily in the same genre but on that level so much of what we do is defined by trucks totally you know like that says it all a three truck tour says it all (laughs) a 25 truck tour says it all so i kind of knew what we were doing where i'm monetarily for the people that work for us where i'm going with this was i needed a raise it was my turn to get a raise i worked for this band and it was a salary position so i have to keep in mind Okay, this is a this is a great this is a great deal. I'm paid when I'm not working, not retainer. I'm paid full throughout. So there's a lot. Plus, there was all kinds of you know perks and stuff that went with. It. I've never had it like this since. There's all these things that went with it, but I need a raise. How do I do this? So what I did is I took what we had paid the front of house engineer that preceded me, based on what I knew the going rate for someone at our level would be. Then I put down, I'd put that for, I averaged how many weeks we toured for the past 10 years, wrote that number down, did the same thing for what a PM would get, then gave him a month at half pay. I created this scenario. Wow. It's not, although it might, it might sound somewhat SAT questionist right now on paper. It was pretty simple. It was like, look, this is what we'd be paying for the two of me the two. that are the one of right. the two versus the one of me. Yeah. And I came in with this number and you know what? The security of knowing I had that work through them made me feel okay to go, here's that number. I'll take this. And it was slightly lower than, but the deal is I didn't have to hustle. I didn't have to find work. You know, that to me was worth that difference that I made. I presented it to management. This guy was a super hard ass who I really respected and really liked. And he just kind of looked at it and just, said you know you're right and it was a big moment for me i've never done anything as elaborate nor do i have access to all these people it's usually a phone call or an email now i just happen to work in the same office as this person so i did that and i did it confidently knowing i was citing numbers that were correct so i felt good about it and then presented in that way so that's just one example of knowing your worth and knowing kind of where the industry is you know what i'm saying it's a that's really great um and that is certainly if you are that guy like i started the same way i you know everybody in that one truck two truck place wants the front of house guy to be the production manager too or wants you to be the tour manager too or whatever they want dual jobs um if you're in that place um, doing your research like that is really a great idea um, because 
do the math on that. Not only are you saving them salary-wise, but you are saving them uh, hotels, flights, um, uh, maybe a, a, having to get a next, another bus by eliminating a person. Um, so all of that shit adds up. So don't undersell yourself when you're talking about doing two jobs. Um, yep. Obviously, you're not going to get the normal rate for a production manager and the normal weight for a front of house guy and combine those two things and that's what you're going to get. Nobody's going to do that because the whole point of having one guy doing that um, is to, to save them money. Um, however, be realistic like what you did. That was really cool. Um, and, and come at them uh, you know, with a number that says, hey, I'm saving you money. Um, but, um, you know, I deserve this cause I'm doing two jobs. Um, yep. which by and, the way, keep in mind, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 go for it. Uh, which by the way, um, I, I know that everybody does it and they want to combine it and, and actually from our perspective, it'll help us to make, um, you know, more money, you know, that kind of stuff when you're maybe when you're first starting out, but I will just say that I feel like both jobs are not getting um, equally looked at in, a, in an equal way in the sense that, you know, if you were just the production manager, you would be super focused on a bunch of things that um, and or you were just the mixer, you would be super focused on a bunch of things. When you combine two jobs, I think that there's something that lacks in both of those jobs. I think that maybe the artist is not getting the best of you in both positions. So I really, um, I, I get it. L listen, I'm not the guy that's here to say, you know, well, you shouldn't take that job. Absolutely, you should. Um, and you should, you know, go after um, you know, making more money. Um, but I, I just, from my experience and for years of doing it, being a production manager slash front of house guy, I just felt like both jobs were not getting my best. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think, I think there's a number and this is where the conversation is such that what you're asking for, what your worth is, what your value is, what your position of power is, changes drastically up and down the, the, the food chain, uh, depending on where you are. For instance, I can sit here right now and tell you fairly confidently how I go about things or my feelings on negotiating this and that. I worked for free when I was 19 years old, when I, my, the first tour I ever, ever, ever did. Um, I worked for free. And even then, and so, you know, you'll hear, don't work for free. Don't work for free unless you're 19 years old and you just kind of talk your way onto that bus. And <laughs> totally. you know what I'm saying? Then fucking work for free. Because Absolutely. You know what? Even, even at 19, uh, it was my first tour. I knew if I, I kind of found myself like the industry just made sense to me. Like, and I have to remember that sometimes because it's easy to sort of fall out of love with it when it becomes your norm. And I think that's what people are finding out a lot right now, now that we're stuck at home, I'm like, God damn, I miss that shit, you know? Yep. And I was, the industry just worked for me. It felt natural, I understood, and I mean the live world of touring. And I knew I was in the right place, and I knew that the money would come eventually. That if I just stuck it out, the money would come, you know? And I think that's, so that's important to remember, you know, be okay with less at times early on knowing that 
you're going to fucking pound it and you're going to get there. Totally. So doing double dipping for less than I mean, it's a pain in the ass. But you know what? Then don't aspire to double dip forever. Then I get better. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, you know, it's really interesting. So a, uh, a guy um, who is uh, um, a church mixer but um, has done a fair amount of touring, who's a friend of mine, um, was telling me about a situation where he um, was uh, mixing front of house and then was kind of asked to be the playback guy too, right? So mm -hmm. he was doing some Pro Tools stuff from front of house. And a couple of his peers like gave him a rash of shit about doing that for free. Like not asking for more money for being the playback by guy. Like, um, you know, they, they basically, he showed up, they were paying him to be the front of house guy. And they also said, Hey, listen, we need somebody to be the playback guy. Can you also do that? Um, and he said, of course, yeah, no problem. I'll do it. And I, and I told him, I said, well, that's bullshit. If your peers are giving you crap about you doing your job and your job is to service a client, um, then um, I just don't think that's a right. I mean, what's your feelings about that scenario? Uh, my feelings would be you, your friends don't know the situation. Right. You know what I mean? That whoever, the naysayers, and, and some of that might be coming from a really good place from this, so people that might be coming from a really good place from, from some people. But, you know, we're talking so much about it depends, it depends, it depends. Right, you right. don't know. Maybe, maybe you agree to that. But you're thinking, all right, in six months, though, I'm coming back around and ask for, or this can't let, oh, you know, be, what's the next step? Always be thinking what the next step is. So I understand there, that sentiment. I think it just depends on where you are at what point in your career do you really need to be flexing super hard on what your own demands are, you know? Um, it's but hard, man. Slippery it's slope. hard. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. There are a thousand people waiting in the outside fringe of this to take your job. And that's the truth, man. That is the, that is the honest to God truth. There's also something that, that I keep thinking about now. You know, there's, there's what our worth is. There's what our value is. And then there are other certain realities. I don't know if this is going to, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this one, but I, I mean, there are, there are good engineers and then there are great engineers. I don't know that the difference between the two is going to sell any more tickets or not. I really don't. I do know that it comes down to how much does that artist slash production slash management team care about the artist. In other words, is it enough to just have passable audio just a good enough show or do you want to fucking kick ass and be that much better and that's where that difference is so and i have said that in negotiations before where i, I think i've said that i'm like look you're not you're not going to sell any more tickets by me asking for this extra rate because i think i'm worth it but i'm worth it if i feel like i can confidently say that to them you know yeah. and if and i'll only say that I would only say that if i know the artist cares yeah if i know the artist is totally checked out and barely then i'm not because you know what the artist doesn't care you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. um i don't know does that sound controversial do you, do you understand what i'm saying absolutely not no i think um i think that is as absolutely the case um you know 
I've had um, managers come at me with a really low super rate, and I my answer to that when they it's obvious to me that they're not really going to budge. Um, my answer to that is always, listen, man, you hire me for my experience. You hire me for when the shit hits the fan. If the shit doesn't hit the fan, hire that guy that will work for that low rate because that guy is probably going to get as close to a result as I can get as far as, you know, my mixes might be a little bit bigger, but just like what you said, it's not going to sell more tickets. But what yeah, you what you are not. hiring me for is when the PA takes a shit and it looks like we're not going to have a fucking show. I have had that experience before and I know what I can do and I bring to the table 30 years of experience that that guy that you're paying that low rate is for. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the... <laughs> There's all kinds of factors, you know what I mean? It's like there are. I'm thinking about you right now. I'm thinking, you know, and they're also they're paying for that. They're also paying for how you know uh, to speak to an artist confidently, calmly, to instill confidence in. To you know, there are so many aspects aside from moving the faders that they're paying for. That's and it's gonna pay dividends for them if you are someone that instills confidence in the artist, because then that's just one less. You know, that's that's another wonderful little thing that exists in the camp that they don't have to worry about oh man yeah like and and let's be honest ultimately a manager that's what they're looking for they're looking for somebody that where they don't have to worry about the artist coming at them about sound that's really just it like they they want to be able to say i've got the guy that's going to handle it all i'm not going to have people wanting refunds The artist is not going to come at me going, who the fuck, what is wrong with this front of house guy? Um, Right. You know, that's what he wants, right? That Mm -hmm. manager, that's what he wants. Doesn't, he wants to have a salary negotiation with us and then he doesn't want to ever have to talk about sound again. I mean, that's really how great is it? Absolutely. Uh, how great is it when then down the road, let's say you have this not contentious, but it's, there's a little bit of back and forth. Let's say you get lucky. They give in. That's no, not get lucky. Let's say they, they, you agree to terms, right? They agree to terms. You, you, move, you move down the road. Then you're out there. You're doing your thing. Guess what? Then you're excelling. Then suddenly, maybe in that camp, word has never, feedback has never been given to the artist or the management or whoever that, man, it sounds really good. Next thing you know, you're that guy's bro. You know, there's my guy (laughs) patting you on the back and it's like, and it's all good, Uh, you know, and then, and then it's all good. And that's kind of one of those, like, I told you sort of moments. That's the thing. Um, Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, know, I always tell people, you know, the getting into this, you have to have lots of skills, right? So you have to have skills about people skills, about how to deal with people and how to talk to an artist and all of those things are important. Um, And I always, almost always say, those are almost more important than your skills. But the problem is that you still have to be really good too. You You still have to deliver. Um, And so when you deliver and you're in that situation um, where all of a sudden, um, you know, people are talking about how good the sound is, then yeah, I mean, that dude's all of a sudden your buddy. Um, You know, one thing I I thought about, is you know we're talking about knowing your worth also knowing the market value and and we're basically saying what's the average value of right you know the per- you, you elsewhere <clears throat> there are also the other factors that need to come into play and what i mean by those are 
I mentioned the guy that's been fired three times. If you're going in to be monitor engineer for insert difficult Band. dickhead singer here, <laughs> you know, and the whole industry knows, everyone yeah. knows that oh, yeah. guy's fired a thousand people. You know, you can, and guess what? The PM knows it too, or whoever you're dealing with, because they've been through this a thousand times. You know, that's when you can go in and essentially, again, if you feel like you can have this sort of banter with them, but even if you don't know if you can, you need to bring it up. If you know what you're going into and it's kind of ugly, just go ahead and be like, look, go we for both it. No, there's some sort of, there's some, there's some hazard pay yeah. that goes along with this. Or if you're with an artist that they sound check three hours every day, they're notorious for doing eight months of promo and rehearsing every single day with no break, you know, know all of those things because there, someone's going to be hard pressed to look at you and not be like, I know you're right. And that might be an extra grand. That might be an extra two grand. That yeah, might yeah, be an yeah. extra something, you know? Totally. So it's like, no, no, or, or if you're, again, let's go on down the ladder. Let's say you're some fucking, you're some rock band. You do six shows a week, every week for two months. Kind of maybe mention that in there. Yeah. Get an extra 250 a week out of it. Something totally. like that. Totally. Or, or, tr or at least try. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'll say this, and I'll shut up. If you, if you know what you're looking at going into a gig, like, oh man, this is a tough one. And you don't push and i don't mean be pushy but you don't ask for what you're worth and you don't get it the first day it starts oh. coming down your way you're just like oh what have i done what did you i got no do? one to be mad at but yourself i know that's right? exactly right that's totally right, right. so n know all the extraneous things that go along with it you know yeah. my favorite story um is for me in regards to money is um so i mix monitors for courtney love oh <laughs> and uh, actually, you know what? I love her um, when she's not using drugs. She's like, she. we have a good relationship. We're like, you know, hugging and, you know, I, I, so I, yeah, I don't yeah. think, I don't think that I'm telling anything out of school, but um, no, 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 no. What, uh, what was funny was there was a period where um, her management was calling me to do one-offs and I had just had it. And literally, I was like, fuck this. And, and any time that it showed her, their management showed up on my phone, I just was like, and I'm like, I am yeah. not taking this yeah. call. You know, no way, no way. Right. Um, so uh, eventually, I, I think he figured it out and he started calling me from other numbers to get me to answer, <laughs> to get me to answer right so that's great so finally i pick up the phone and he goes he goes don't hang up it's you know don't hang up it's courtney loves manager and, and yeah. um and i'm like all right i go what's up and he goes courtney's doing uh, music midtown and um she says uh that she won't do the show unless you are there and right. so immediately in my brain, I went, uh-huh. She's being offered a big payday. And for whatever reason, she is using me as a pawn, um, you know, and, and basically saying to him that uh, she's not going to do the show unless I go there. And so I'm immediately going, okay, it's time to ask for a shitload of money. That, you know what I mean? That's your moment. Yeah. Shoot your shot right then and there. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what's hilarious about this story is that I went a step further. I said, because, and literally it's because I didn't want to do it. Like I, it, I kind of was at a point where I'm like, there is not enough money. There's not enough money. 
Like even if you offered yeah. me, you know, uh, $200,000, I'd be like, I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. that was what uh, yeah. was, I mean, that's not true, but what was in my head, that's kind of what I was feeling. Um, and, yeah. um, so I went a step further. I said, listen, I said, here's how it's going to go down. I go, you are going to fly me from Dallas to Atlanta first class. I'm going to step off the plane and walk to the curb. I'm going to meet a guy who's going to have a suitcase full of cash (laughs) and he's going to pay me X amount of dollars. I'm not going to tell you what it was, Uh, but it was, I I asked for, that was your moment, double my weekly rate for a one-off basically. So you you can imagine what that is in cash. Sure. Amazing. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and I said, before I even see her, I want that in cash and, you know, bring me a duffel bag or whatever you're going to do. Just bring it to me and I will go to the festival and work that day. But if that guy doesn't meet me on the curb with that cash, I'm getting right back on a plane and flying back to Dallas. And, you know, he was like, I can't do that. And I said, all right, talk to you later. Boop. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, you know good and well they can. They absolutely can. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so, of course, you know, this, later on that day, he calls me back and he's like, fine. Um, that's, that's what we'll do. Um, so, long story short, I'll tell you the end part of it. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that went down. But literally, I got off a first class plane, walked to the car. There's a dude with a, with a bag full Incredible. of cash. Uh, Incredible. Hands it to me. Dri- drives me to the gig. Um, I do the gig and I'm on, I'm on stage left and sh- that's where the entrance to the music being town stage is. She walks right by me. Doesn't say anything to me. She goes out and she does the entire show. She's on, she's the headliner. She's out there for 90 minutes. Doesn't say a word to me or even look at me. And as the show is done and she's walking off stage, she walks up to me and she goes, Pooch, what are you doing here? No. <laughs> so weird. So weird. And I went, wow. Wow. I go, <laughs> she told her manager. No idea. That uh. I had to be there. But really, that's not the case. Like, she didn't give a shit, really. But she told him that. And Incredible. Anyway. Um that's amazing. I don't have that story. I was just thinking I had a thing where <clears throat> I was with this this one major major artist and uh and she didn't have it, everyone on I think the situation was she didn't have everyone on retainer. Um she was having babies. She was dealing with life and so I went on and worked for someone else and um and then they suddenly started doing a few shows here or there. They put somebody in place, another name mixer, been doing a lot longer than I have, but for whatever reason, it just didn't work, right? So I get this phone call sitting at home. It was a New Year's Eve thing. It's two days before the gig, and it's her tour manager who's been with her forever. And he's like, yo, man, same deal. You know, like, look, this isn't working out. Uh, this person asked for you, which is which is like what a great feeling. I'm not gonna lie, you no, know what I mean. Good. I don't give a shit who it is. Totally. To be like valued like that is a great feeling. Totally. And uh, like she wants you back. Blah 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 blah. What's it gonna take? And I sat there and I didn't think about it too long. And she was not. She's a challenging person, but not a crazy person, you know. Right. So I basically I'm like, okay, I got to get on a plane, show up 
that day, I think I had a day of rehearsal, then the show. And I was basically quoted my weekly rate plus a little bit more, just like a touch more, you know? And I'll never forget the guy was like, oh, man, come on. You can't do that to me. I'm like, you called me. You called me. It's December 29th. You know, the show's on the 31st and it's like 100 inputs. Uh, and, I, and, and so we came to terms. I got on the plane. I made up a show file on the plane because they had changed consoles, blah, 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 blah. Got there. Wasn't the greatest show ever, but I pulled it off. Got a little FaceTime with the artist. I think that was the last gig I ever did with her, to be honest, because then wow. I continued to move on with someone else. But um, you do have the upper hand. In, in, in that, that situation, place. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. If someone's calling you right. back and saying, or if someone's calling you and saying, listen, the guy that we got is not working out, um, you know, is there, what it, what's it going to cost? You know immediately that you have an mm -hmm. upper hand in that. Um, that's just yeah. the point that I wanted to point out. You know, you these are all things that you need to kind of learn as you're going through. And maybe, you know, these guys can learn you know, a little something from us about that. Well, here, here's Excuse one me. group of people. No, I, I do I it all the time. What's going on? I noticed that. Yeah. I, had, I rewatched one of ours the other day, and I'm like, "Am I going to puke?" Am I okay. <laughs> um, so here's here's a group of people that I kind I do feel for. Uh, I mentioned that I went in with that one band one time and sat down with this thing and said, "Look, here's what I make." Blah 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 blah. I knew I had that relationship. I knew I could do that with them there, but. The um, and it was a it, I literally made at least double what I had made by that little thing, you know, that Hail Mary. But guys that come up with an act, let's say you're coming out this. I see this a lot with like the L.A. backline guys or something. You know, they work at wherever SIR center staging, blah, 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 blah. They get on with this act right as this act starts to get pushed by the label. The, the act itself is 22 years old. They're starting to get some hits. So they start working for this one number. We're going to say 1500 a week, right? In a year's time, that artist is the biggest artist in the world. If they hire Joe Schmo or no, not Joe Schmo. If they hire, if they get rid of their whole crew and then bring in the new crew all of that crew is now asking for three to four grand and guess what that's on par notice how i'm not talking for the house money i'm using someone else i like just it to keep it safe but <laughs> but so now now suddenly that's what guess what that's what that position pays for that level of artists so yes. what i'm saying is if you get on board early you're kind of in a rough spot because even if you have them double your salary. Think how hard that is yep. for somebody to come back and go, we're paying you X percentage more. That's in, an insane raise, yet it's still not even on par with what your replacement would make if I they know. got That's a tough spot to be in. It sure you is. Know, that's a really, and, and I don't have an answer for that, uh, but I think the answer, to, if you had someone that you negotiated with that you were cool enough with, would be just to have that frank conversation. Be like, look, this assuming you do well there, you know as well as I do, if I'm getting replaced with, with on this, what is now a 17 truck tour, my replacement's gonna be asking for this money. I know the artist, I know this, da 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 and that's your selling point. You yeah. know? But that's an especially tough spot to be, is with the act that's rapidly rising. Yeah, um, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, you hear stories all the time. Um, so okay here's an interesting one <laughs> um i heard uh about a situation where a um 
a monitor engineer um, had a situation at home and, and had to go home for a week. And during that week, his system engineer came in and the band, for whatever reason, maybe liked what he was doing or... Or thought they liked what he was doing. Better. Or thought it, it, because yeah. it was different. It, exactly. And they have no baggage with that person. Yeah. Um, so this is a really hard discussion because I, I want to say to that system. And now that's this. And that system engineer took that opportunity to say, well, I'll just keep doing it. And ended up being the mixer. This guy that went home for a family issue is now out of a job he had to go home like there was something going on at home that he had to go home for yeah. you know um and now he's out of a job because of that um i want to say to that system guy like dude that's not your place man don't you know um if that happens you shouldn't be the one to say well yeah of course i'll i'll do it you should be the one to say listen i'm the system engineer i'm here to assist so-and-so why don't you know if you think that i'm doing a better job or whatever that's one thing but why don't you have him come back and um you know if you still aren't happy or whatever then you know whatever fire him and then come back at me but not be the guy that is immediately jumping jumping at it and this is a really hard conversation right like i don't know what it to is. tell but i know that what i do know is that monitor system engineer that did that now has a reputation amongst us, amongst our peers, as a gig stealer. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that guy is probably not going to get some work down the line because people are going to say, well, I'm not going to hire that guy. He's going to steal my gig, you know, as a system engineer. I'm not, I'm not going to hire him as a system engineer because I know that he is waiting in the wings to steal my job. Um, yep. So I don't know. Have you ever ran into that before? It was just something that happened a while ago, and I was like, whoa, that's trippy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's, it hasn't happened to me, but I know um, – I mean, you hear those stories all the time, you know, and so much. Who did I, I was mentioning? Yeah, oh, yeah. A friend of mine had a, a musician on a big tour. He was having to have a replacement come in. And the replacement was the sweetest guy in the world. The player liked him. Uh, it was a good dude, this and that. The guy had, I, and I actually knew the guy that was replacing him. I know this person was wise in the sense that he saw what a great opportunity that was just like that systems guy should have seen to make an impression make an impression on who i don't know the artist the production the management like you will and i have that story in my catalog of how handling things that way helped me um but in discussing this trade-off with the musician who was only going to miss like three shows he's like you know even though i trust this guy implicitly there you can be replaced this way oh, yeah. you know and you just you can lose your job through you know injury or <laughs> whatever you, you family or you know when it's supposed to be hey bro we got you because a lot of times it is placebo that person that comes in is just someone different totally and they in a touring environment can get so touchy even someone you're really best friends with they have these things that kind of bug you and suddenly those aren't there it might be the same mix just a different human being behind it um, totally it, and totally then it. next 
Next thing you know, they're the savior. Do I think that's a cool move? Again, it depends. If you're going in it with that mindset of I'm taking his job and he's someone that you work closely with and yeah, I don't know. I think karma, it's a bitch, you know? Um, I think it is too. I mean, I literally have been in the situation a bunch of times where I have covered for somebody and had, like you said, not, not because I'm better engineer, but I am purely the guy that is the new guy that's sitting behind the same exact mix. Yeah. Um, right. I have uh, probably, I would say four or five times in my career when I've been pulled into a production office and said, you know, hey, we were wondering if you'd like to stay. Um, I've turned it down and walked away from it four or five times in my career mm-hmm. and said, nope, um, sorry, I, uh, you know, so, so, so-and-so is a friend of mine. He's an amazing mixer. He's been your mixer for a year and doing a great fucking job. I'm just here for these five shows, and you know what? He's he's doing a great job, and and literally all I'm doing is using his console file, um, and mm-hmm. and because of that, I've gained gigs later on with that same yes. production manager because that same production manager looked at that and went, "Wow, this dude has a lot of you know respect for people and wouldn't." just steal someone's job um and so in the moment in the short term it may look like you are um you know screwing yourself over by not taking a job that could you know be but i'm telling you karma's a bitch and it will come back to you um Mm -hmm. if you if you are the guy that says you know hey um i'm i wouldn't do that to one of my friends uh and by the way he's doing a great job I don't know what yeah. the problem is right now, but he is, or he or she. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It'll come back to you, man. I'm telling you. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a teeny tiny little business. It know? is. It sure is. Well, that's the thing, and that's the thing that people need to realize. I, I think that maybe guys outside of the U.S. touring don't have an understanding of how small the U.S. touring industry is and how. Mm-hmm. It's literally like one phone call away to find out about anybody that's working in this industry. And so um, if you have any sort of reputation of being a hard guy to work with, literally, I know some of two, I can name two and I'm not going to do it, but I'll tell you, there are two super amazing front of house guys that I know that are better than me. I will say that. They're better than me, but they aren't working. And the reason that they aren't working is because they don't totally. get along with people. Totally. Um, I, that's a great – That's man, I'm sorry. I got to jump in. Yeah. That's such a good point. I, I tell people all the time, I don't, I don't know that the crop of engineers at the top uh, – I don't know that necessarily they slash – I'll say we are the best – I know that they're all really good, but there it's it's so many times it's these other factors that are weighing in. You know what I mean? And I remember noticing this at the bars and at the club level where I'd go somewhere and I would watch this local the house guy was just amazingly good. Like I knew it by sound check. Like he wasn't obviously I'm mixing my band, he's mixing whoever. I'm like, 
this guy is incredible. And then by the end of the night, he's just drunk in my face and he's acting like an ass. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's why you're here. That's why. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. So there's, again, there's so many factors that, there that is. go into it. I mean, I, you know, always, um, if someone asks me, like, what's the number one thing to help me stay in this industry? And really the phrase is, don't be a dick. That's really the deal. And I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, I mentioned how you'll hear the you'll hear of people that are making twice as much money as what you think is fair, and you can kind of be like, oh, I should be doing this or that. Um, this is another area where I spoke in another video about, you know, kind of being yourself, and that I, you know we learn from observing. Of course, we watch other people, and maybe we try to do what they do, and inevitably, it's not going to work for you. The same when I got into upper levels. And I would hear people kind of boasting about their negotiation process or this and that. At first, I was like, well, is that really what I, is that how you're supposed to do it? And after a while, I learned, I'm like, that person's a blowhard. Totally. And that's not an appealing strategy to me, you know? And so, and, and negotiating is the same thing where don't go in there and suddenly you're Johnny Tycoon business mogul or don't go in there is mr tough ass either because you hear all these guys going i told them it's either this or nothing oh my god it's like you can say that but yeah and i what i noticed what i noticed is those people that i heard talking that way i still know them they only work for like a couple people i know there's it's like it's all talk i know it is so it is Try to be a decent human, even that doesn't mean you can't be firm. No, absolutely. And and you know? doesn't mean you shouldn't stand up for yourself when you believe that you're worth a certain amount of money. But I'm just talking about we are just talking about um those guys. Um you know, I, I see a, a level of engineers I've seen who are really good. Like I've seen a guy and I've been like, wow, that guy's really good. But it's weird. After about two years of that, I don't see that guy anymore because he's yeah. not he's not able to um, get along with people, you know, and that and that's a yep. real skill to have. But um, yep. anyway, uh, we're out of time. Um, I think this was a really interesting discussion. Um, I hope you guys get something out of this. You know, um, I know that some of you want us to tell you what we make, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which. You know what? I, I don't think that that's right. I think that you should be talking to your peers in whatever level of this industry and kind of figuring out what your range of, of what you should be asking for. Because if I were to tell you what my normal range is, it may not apply to you, you know? Um, and that's not me like with my ego being like, I'm the fucking, I'm in this, no. I'm in this range, you know? I mean, that's not what yeah. I mean. I just mean that um, I can't help you with unless you're you know if me and chris were having this conversation offline and not being recorded about it we might be having talking numbers actually oh for sure Um, yeah because because i feel like chris and i are in kind of this peer group of Mm -hmm. people that kind of get offered the same amount of gigs and you should be doing that too um so anyway i hope that no one takes offense to any of that um we're just trying to help you guys to to feel like you're being valued and that you're getting what you think you deserve 
Um, and the way to do that is to talk to your fellow peers and to kind of set a precedent of whatever that is, whatever the money is for that. And, and try to help your peers not to take a low amount and because it, it really does screw up everybody else that's, um, that's at your level. Um, so having said all that, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you soon.